Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America and English. Oh, what a strike, Club America! Your hosts for today are Ivan Pineda, Cristian Rosendo, Alexis Juarez, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Now let's hit the field and start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. We're back after a week's hiatus. We do apologize for that, uh, but we are back to talk all things Club America. We'll get you guys caught up with everything that happened in the Clásico Capitolino. Talk all things Club America. There's some transfer rumor news and a lot more in regards to the roster and, of course, the closing end of the season. And joining me tonight to talk all things Aguilas del America, it is none other than Chris Rivera himself. Chris, how are you, my friend? What's up, man? Uh, chilling, chilling. Kind of mad. Not mad, but disappointed we couldn't get the win. But at the same time, I'm glad we got a point out of this. And, you know, I'm excited to just talk about America as always. No, of course, of course. And I feel like a lot of us are joining you in that frustration. I think I put it perfectly when I tweeted the full-time graphic. It was it felt more of like two points dropped at home again. Right? This is a America side that again has drawn how many draws is that now in this season because i know you were kind of keeping track that you were saying that this uh, america side has I drawn s- a lot uh, let me check real quick because i want to say eight but that sounds way too much but you think that's accurate that sounds kind of accurate i mean from the get-go i remember that we tied against seven uh seven seven seven, seven. and eight oh. wins and one loss it's a lot and, it, and it's frustrating it because a lot of them comes from early in the season where we should have won a lot of those games. And then a couple of those games that we should have won, but due to countless mistakes, we ended up drawing, right? I give you the Atlas game, give you the Leon game. And now this game where you feel like America never really got into like third or fourth gear, was able to get the draw, but it wasn't, it didn't leave anyone with a good taste. That's for sure. I just want to say hello to everyone watching right now. Carlos Diaz saying, Ivan and I twain today. Uh, he said he's got on the yellow shirt, and I just got the blue one on. If you guys haven't seen, this is just like a Nike Aguilas one. Um, so nice to see Crew Epicness is on here as well. He says, very disappointed with the forwards this game, and I think that was something we were kind of talking about earlier with uh, with our good friend Dylan when we were, you know, chatting it up backstage before we went live. A lot to kind of take away from this game, a lot of negatives if you want to paint them in that way, Chris, but there definitely wasn't a lot to write home about. And let's just kind of get started here by just saying the start at 11. Israel Reyes is out because of due to an injury that he sustained in that pointless friendly that I know you were definitely annoyed about. <laughs> and, and, and so he misses out on this game. He was on the bench, but, you know, I, I, I think Tano did the right thing. There's no reason to risk a player especially so close to the Ligia. So he did the right thing. Unfortunately for us, that meant that Nestor Araujo was going to be playing. And we already had one disability with Layun on the right-hand side. And then you add Nestor Araujo on that side next to him in that center-back partnership. Well, it's just, a, it's, it's just a recipe for disaster waiting to happen, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it. there were some good saves from the defense too, you know, but where I wonder... And I know most of the fan base might have the same thoughts, but 
is Araujo really ahead of Lara when it comes to the center backs? You know, it was reported like a while back that the team really likes Lara as a center back, and that's where they value him as as for the future. Why aren't we giving him those starts? You know, is Araujo that much better? Are you just going with experience? Because maybe there's the hierarchy, right? The the fact that you know he has contract wise. Yeah, maybe contract-wise or maybe, you know, kind of has that seniority because of that contract. Um, but that's a good question. That, that didn't really cross my mind. I wasn't like, well, why isn't uh, Lara starting over Nestor? I just assumed, well, you know, Reyes is not playing there. So, obviously, we're going to put in Nestor because for some reason, I don't know why in my head now I think that Lara is automatically a right back and nothing but a right back. And obviously, we know he can do a better job in the center back position. Would have been interesting to see him play and partner up against Cáceres, but I don't know, maybe he feels that that was too risky of a centre-back partnership for a Clásico and went with a duo that has played with each other, not recently, but knows how to play with each other in the likes of Nestor Arajo and uh, Cáceres. Also, you can maybe make the argument that he thought, well, Arajo has experience in games like this, he should be fine. But as Carlos Diaz said perfectly, Nestor Arajo got caught off guard so many times, disappointing to see from a quote-unquote veteran player. And that was the case. I mean, Nestor Araujo by far was the worst player on, uh, on that pitch. And and Dylan wanted us to make the comparison between Layun and Nestor and who had, quote-unquote, the better game in an America jersey against Pumas. And, I I mean, you'd probably have to give it to Layun on this one. Yeah, and it's... Rare that you kind of give credit to Layun when it comes to that defense, right? Yep. Because Layun has also very ugly moments, but Araujo is just—it's a—it's disappointing because many people weren't optimistic when the signing was announced, but some people were like, "Okay, you know, he was a consistent starter in Europe. Maybe he could bring that to the table over here. It doesn't have to be spectacular, but it could be very solid. It's solid, and oh, it's been very." Just very bad. It, it kind of reminds me of Vizcarrondo in a way. I don't know if it's too much of an extreme uh, comparison, but those I, I remember. Gotten, I don't think he's got into the Vizcarrondo level just yet. But, but but if you remember, like when there was yeah. goals scored, it was always because of him, and that's kind of what you kind of feel off about Alho. Like if there's a goal that ends up being like happening, it's because of him. And and this game was a perfect example. The goal happened. The goal that America concedes because of Nestor Araujo, right? I mean, Malagón yeah. makes a terrific save off that corner header. It looked like it was just nestling into that bottom left-hand corner for Malagón. I don't know how he dives and gets a hand on it. Makes probably one of the best saves of the season. Reminds me of a save that he made against Tigres 2 on his debut. And Nestor Araujo has to get in the way of a simple cross. I don't even think it was a shot. It was a cross. And, you know, just... Because of the Nestor Alajo, you know, luck or dumb luck, if you want to put it in that sense, it ricochets off of him, beats Malagón, and even still hits the cross, uh, the post, nestles into the back of the net. And now we're thinking to ourselves, well, great. Now we're down a goal. And you just, once you see the replay and you see it again and again, and you're just thinking, you got to do better in that situation. Yeah. And I think anyone that blames the goalkeeper in that situation, is one of those people that just blames everything on the goalkeeper, but you can't do anything there, you know. And to me, from that angle, you should it shouldn't go in. 
no matter what, even if it hits somebody, right? If it hits someone and it goes in, well, the defender has to do better. Like, you can't allow those type of reflections. You just go back and end up going in. You got to put your body on the line and block that, you know? No, 100%. 100%. And, uh, well, I mean, no doubt about it, Nesarajo has been and continues to be America's Achilles heel in the center back partnership and in the defense. I mean, I know we blamed a, a good chunk of the responsibility on Oscar Jimenez at the beginning of the season, but Nestor Araujo, when he played, he did not help the case either. So I think he was just lucky enough to have Oscar Jimenez there who took, mo- you know, kind of shifted most of the attention towards him. But Nestor has a lot, I mean, a lot to kind of, uh, you know, is responsible for in in, yeah. in a negative sense. And I mean, I'm sure I'm not alone when I say this. I I would be more than okay in in letting him go at the end of the season. I it would be a smart decision, right? You, I, the defense needs a better look. You know, I, I we do invest in it, right? He's one of the investments. Reyes is one of them. Chava Reyes is one. Even La Union is an invest, investment for that defense. But it's like we have we could upgrade this so much better and way more easier too. But for some reason, like we just get stuck into this very ugly situation. Mind you, Caceres, I think, has been doing very good. I think we kind of at least I, I do. I label him a lot for ugly moments that he, that he has had. But overall, yeah, yeah. he's been very solid. He has and been, think, and it's yeah, go. And I think Israel Reyes also has been very solid. It's just that our expectations were way higher for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's his first season under this America side. And I think he's finding his footing. It's just unfortunate that he gets this little knock and has to be out in this game. And I don't think he's going to throw off his rhythm, but it, it would have been nice for them to, you know, continue that cycle of playing together. I think with Israel Reyes on the pitch, we don't concede that goal. We walk away with a 1-0 victory, and we finally get a clean sheet after so long of wanting that damn clean sheet. So. Well, who knows if if if, if uh, we get the penalty? Because I think after that goal, America just goes off attacking. Yeah, and I mean, you see of- there's a response. and yeah. But I still think that there's this game changes. I mean, I, I think America still finds a goal. It, and it was funny, I was watching this game um, with my girl, and she was kind of like, oh, who do you think is going to win? And I was like, well... I was like, but the way the game is going, I think it's going to come down to one goal and one goal only. You know, fortunately yeah. enough, it, it it kind of did in a sense. Um, but I always thought it was America who was going to get the late winner. Like I said, America didn't really look like they were on like full gear. Like it wasn't the same America that you got in the Clásico Joven. It wasn't the same America that you got against Monterrey. Like it, it wasn't even the same America that you got against Leon. So... Yeah. It, it was an America that was very complacent, right? It was an America that said, you know what? We're not going to we're not gonna put our foot down on the gas pedal. We're going to kind of put it on cruise control, and we're going to wait for Pumas to come at us, and, and Pumas never actually did. They were very much okay with defending themselves, and, I mean, I guess they were okay with playing, you know, their, their lives against Monterrey in this upcoming season. America was in the driver's seat for the entirety of the game, not saying that they had the best chances, but they controlled and dictated the, the, the tempo of the game for a majority. And whenever Pumas did have the ball, they didn't look as aggressive as America did. Only difference was Pumas actually knew how to defend themselves better than we could. And, well, there's no need to 
you know, reminding everyone how terrible our defending has been this season. But when you put the likes of Nesarajo in there, well, you're not really helping your case, are you? No, no. Well, I have a question, and I would like everyone to, to answer this. Is it concerning that our offense has been very iffy for the past few weeks? At least, like, I know we got the Cruz Azul win, right? And I know that uh, it, it doesn't seem like the, the mid-season offense where everyone was just all over the place, right? It kind of feels like we're kind of going in and out. You don't see Henry as much as uh, we used to see him, which I know he's been injured. That's a, another reason why I've been very, like, mad at that pointless U.S.-Mexico game. But they ain't call him, but, but it's like, look at Israel Reyes, right? Look at, like, Malagón didn't go, get called, didn't play it, but, like, Araujo played it. And it's like, even though we're kind of slandering Araujo, you also want that option because after him who is it if it's if it's not Lara right if they just say he's a right back well then who's after uh, uh Araujo so for me like like I ask you guys do you guys think it's it's concerning that this offense isn't clicking as it was earlier in the season well you know Kurepignas said um yes a bit we had a bad game today where the forwards looked confused and did not take any risks He's like, I've seen it in a bit, but they better shape up for Ligia really fast. And I think we all kind of share, you know, his, uh, you know, his opinion in that sense, because it, it does seem like this America side has dwindled a little bit on the offense side of things. But I do want to say, I don't think it's 100% on them either. I think, um, I think teams have just found a way to play against us. and. Pumas is a perfect example. I, they marked Henry to a T. And, and a lot of teams have been doing that lately. And Henry has just been very well and has adapted to those situations very well. But when you have two, three players on Henry, he can be great at playing his back to goal. But when he doesn't have those players running off and, and helping him, the likes of Cabecita, the likes of Sendejas, or, or the likes of Diego Valdez, because the channels weren't open for them that they, they, they couldn't, he couldn't really do anything to, to push the play forward. If anything, he would just have to touch it back. And then of course, then you lose momentum at that point. So not, not the best showcasing for America in these past couple of games, but I think it's just a matter of America getting through the, this last game and then getting that little break, which I think, I know we've said it so many times that this break actually hurts us rather than help us. I do think that, that this season might be a little bit different. I think this break actually is going to be a good thing for us. It's going to be able to help them click again and kind of, you know, give them a breath of fresh air. And I think it's just, it's it's going to be the right time for them to catch that second win is what I feel, you know? And so it is a bit concerning uh, because you're looking at the likes of like Cabecita, which I think... I mean, I don't, I don't have a graph right here. I don't have a chart or any kind of like numbers to back up what I'm about to say. But I feel like 75% of the play goes through Cabecita, or at least they try to go through that left-hand side. I don't know if anyone else has noticed that. And when teams pick up on that easily and they mark him in tight spaces, Cabecita is renders, rendered useless, right? Cabecita is an amazing player when he has space. Yeah. When he has space, he's deadly. But in tight spaces like that, 
He offers you nothing going forward, nothing at all. He can barely take on one player, let alone two or three. That's why I kind of tweeted out, and that's why I kind of was saying to you guys in the chat, hey, like, let's take Abisita out of this game and bring on the likes of Brian Rodriguez. I know they didn't bring in Brian. They put in Roger, who kind of offered you the similarity of that. I just yeah. feel like Roger was very lazy, so I didn't want to see him play. But you needed, you needed someone that offered that you break more in. flair. The break yeah, games, especially against a team that was looking to survive, right? I completely agree with you, and it's the same thing with the uh, what you're saying about the the having that break, right? If it's it's obvious that some of these players are banged, like Henry, right? And Henry needs that break, needs to relax and just recover, because he's been also a player that I think we, we you, you there's moments where you could see his frustration, which is what we saw when people used to really hate on him and criticize him, is when he's frustrated, he'll give you an ugly shot just because he doesn't know what else to do. And I think what we need to do is, like, you're right. You're right. Like, let's not play to the left side of that as much. But let's get Sendejas more involved, right? Because Sendejas, even though he, he might not get the credit for it, He's also a good, very good goal scorer. So if we could get him more involved, have him start scoring too, I think you'll start to see the balance from Cabecita. You'll start seeing him way more open. Who was the goal against? It was against uh, where he had the whole uh, Chivas. I know Chivas were, was the right one of them where he uh, had the whole left side open and he just bent it in. Oh, who Cabecita? Was it Chivas? Yeah, yeah. Was it Chivas? It was Chivas and Tigres. Tigres, yeah. See, and it's the same exact goal, right? Yeah. So what we need to do is just get him more open and he's going to end up scoring because it's like a special move or whatever, you know? I think Valdez too. Valdez has been very, very good. But now it's time, you know, we talk about uh, Henry Martins Ligia, right? How he sometimes doesn't show up. Well, same thing for Valdez. You know, Valdez needs to start showing up this last uh, this last game, right? It's Juarez, but he also needs to start showing up in Ligia because if he becomes that player that we expect him to be we should be flowing like nothing it should be another Puebla game in Liga, you know no 100 percent. i agree and i think all of all of us would agree with that it's just they have to click and you mentioned it right a lot of these players are knocked up and uh, i mean fatigue is probably playing at this point that's why i think this breath of fresh air might be good uh Krepignes also puts you know fidalgo he doesn't look like he's working the 90 minutes he looked tired a little bit in the second half showed a lot of flaws in his defense uh, where he lost plenty of balls. You know, he lost maybe like two or three that I can remember. Um, I still think, though, that he was the best midfielder out in on that pitch. And I know a lot of people are going to maybe be up in arms. I know especially one certain Brian will definitely be <laughs> whenever he hears this. Uh, but I don't think he's having as bad of a season as people make him out to. I think he's just been unlucky in some senses, but... I still don't think this midfield looks even half as good without Fidalgo in there. Like, because who, who, who in theory is going to come in and, and, and no perform the way that he does or do what he does? I know he hasn't been doing it to the best uh, of his abilities, but even, even at a, like a 65, 75% Fidalgo, you're still getting a much better product than anything else you have on that midfield, on the bench. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this, and I don't know if, if anyone really gives Pichard this uh his credit, but I think he has shown that his value is up there with Hidalgo. I know a lot of people 
like you're saying, there's people that are kind of mad at Fidalgo saying like, oh, like he, he, he has his ugly moments. And there's some people saying like, oh, without this, without him, the midfield isn't the same. But I think I'll say the same thing for, for Richard. I think Richard uh, Sanchez has moments where you, like, if he's not there, Aquino and Donna's not giving you the same, like, product, you know? And I think, I think uh, what we need to just have is, is, is those two duos be there at all time, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think they coincide perfectly with each other. And if you take one off, it, you, there isn't one other replacement that fits in perfectly, you know? So, and I, you, you put it perfectly with Richard Sanchez. Whenever he was in the Clásico, right? Jonathan Santos came in, stepped up, had a wonderful game, great. But then you saw him against Leon, completely yeah. lost. Did not have the same game. And then Richard in that situation changes the game a lot more different. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. AJ saying that, you know, I think um, I think Fidalgo just has to do a lot more since Valdez is playing up higher. I mean, that that's also reality. I think he's having to hustle back a little bit more. Although I saw something interesting in this game, and that was that Richard was handling more of that center defensive mid-roll. He would kind of, you know, tuck in between the center backs, uh, drop deep to receive the ball from Malagón. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Usually Richard has a tendency to play a little bit higher up the midfield. Um, and I saw in this game, he did a lot more of the recovery rather than it could have been because of, because of, uh, Araujo being there, you know, it could have been because of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, just, if you're going to have Araujo next to Miguel Ayun, you might as well be playing with, you know, nine and a half men at that point. <laughs> yeah. You're right. And, and Miguel, Miguel Ayun does not get off the hook just because Nestor Araujo was there. Miguel Ayun had a terrible game going forward. I know crew Epicness said that he had a good game defensively, which I would make the argument that okay maybe maybe but going forward Layun offered you nothing the crosses again were not there the shot that he had from a free kick was ridiculous i'm glad that you didn't see that one when it happened chris because you would have been up in arms um, i would have been ranty i mean yeah i go off on Layun a lot on twitter and i i feel bad at times because like maybe he's because i remember seeing his stats that he was showing off on twitter and i'm like man maybe i'm going off a little too crazy for him but no man moments like those just, are just ugly it was man. not good and then and then in the last play of the match it was a corner kick for america right and i saw that he was gonna take it and at that point i was like i just wanted to turn off the tv i was like nothing's gonna come from this <laughs> nothing oh man but I mean, makes you, overall, makes you miss Sambuesa, huh? <laughs> oh my god, dude, you have no idea, man. No idea. Um, I agree with AJ on that one, and I agree uh, that whenever you have a right back that isn't good at tracking back or just over does it when it goes up, you see that that right winger just drop down way too much where they have to be defending for them. And I think that happens when you have Layun out there. I think Layun is just too calm. I don't know if, like, what the coaches tell him. Like, I can't imagine to say, hey, we're happy with what you're doing. Because if they're they telling him that, then and that explains why he's always on Twitter arguing and why he seems to, like, see yeah. different from results and stuff. The highs and the lows of Layun. And, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, could this... Maybe we're we're talking all this uh, nonsense right now, and then come the end of the season, we're lifting the trophy, and it was because of Miguel Ayun at right back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, o overall, this game was 
not an easy one to watch. I'll, I'll put that in that perspective. Some will say it was boring, and they have every right to. It was not an. It was not an exhilarating game. It was not a, your typical America Pumas Clásico, right? There was some back and forth, but it was never with some real clear cut chances. It was a midfield battle, and you know, credit to Pumas, they came in, they parked the bus in a sense, and they sat back and they defended well. The only thing I have against that is that America was not able to break them down. But it wasn't because America couldn't break them down. It was because America just didn't really feel like doing it. Like, they were just, like, content with, like, ah, it's fine. They were playing in in, in a sense, like, oh, it's fine. We're, we're going to find a goal eventually. It's fine. Like, the minutes kept going by, and they were, they were playing with that mentality of, like, we're going to get a goal. We're going to score a goal because we're America, because we're the best, you know, offense in the league. And they get more complacent and more complacent and more complacent. Never really frustrated, though. I, I, I will give them that. I never really felt like this team was frustrated trying to find a goal. Um, and they seem pissed after the, the yeah, goal. that's what yeah, I know, like of course. About it, right? I know, uh, yeah. uh, we we score off a penalty, which uh, I see people say, Oh, the rev, that was a clear penalty, like 100%. That was a clear, clear cut penalty. He takes him in the back, like, Okay, bro, like, what it comes to a yeah. point where I don't even know what people are arguing, like, that's a clear penalty. Well, it's because the whole you know, the commissioner, and the, I want to talk about that, was you know. I want to talk about that, but just to laugh because it makes, only, it, it's I, lazy, I, I like don't. drama. You know, it's like okay, bro. Like they do this for every single team in the league. They go and visit, but but you're making a scene because they came to us. Like and then yeah. and then to the end, people were saying that oh, you know, it's it was bad timing on them. Like why would they do it? And I, I remember I heard of that and this and that. And I'm just like, okay, yes, you make a point right there, but at the same time. So what? It, and then the, it, the Neno saying, I don't know if you saw, like, in, when he was yeah, he was making some stuff. remarks on that too. No, they need to go visit us and explain to, like, bro, shut up, like, point out where's our. There's they didn't call a penalty for us for a clear handball. You know, <laughs> watch, watch, watch them go back and be like, yeah, we already visited you guys, like in the fecha thrice. It's just no one really paid attention. Yeah, bro, it's just stupid. Like, it, it gets annoying because it's like, what are you crying about? Like, you know, like, oh, they give you guys a penalty. Don't. Don't make a foul then. Like if if that happens to us and I can't argue about it, like okay, fair, you got a penalty, but they all all just crying. Oh, he visited you this week, and then you guys get a random penalty. It's not a random penalty, bro. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, like it's clear as cut that it, it's clear as day that Casares gets fouled. It's a penalty, so on and so forth. You know, and a lot of people were probably looking at that one like, oh, the, but the referee didn't blow the whistle right away. Like, you know, he they, they probably told him in the VAR, like, hey, give him a penalty. Like, no, 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 no. Go back and watch that. Uh, he doesn't give the penalty right away because he's trying to see if America's shot is going to go in, in, you know? Yeah. And and then he sees that it gets blocked. Boom. Penalty right away. Which is actually a back call on the ref because there is no such thing as a um, play on advantage. Like, no hay ley de la ventaja inside the box. Like, yeah. A penalty is a penalty. Like, if, so, if one of our players it. kicks it out, right, if they kick it out, they're not calling that penalty. Yeah, no, exactly. They're not calling it. So that's what goes against us. It's, it's just, yeah. I don't know, bro. I, I laugh at it. Just the, even the players, bro. Pumas players all saying, shut up. Play better than that. Like, play offensive. You're this mad. Like, show it on the field. Why are you mad at us over an obvious penalty? And then just because, like, you guys just keep track every every week, bro. Like, they, they, they go to 
other teams? How do you know when they go to the, your next opponent, right? Like, yeah. your, like maybe they win. <laughs> it's just the referees like, going to every team that Pumas is playing against? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, bro. It's dumb, and I think it's just funny seeing all this, like, how much drama they're making. And, it's, like, even other people were like, bro, they do this, like, regularly. <laughs> like, this is a common thing where they go to visit teams. It's not. Yeah, and, and then AJ saying, did you guys see that handball that wasn't called? Um, and I think he's talking about that last play that I was talking to you guys about where Layun is unfortunately the guy who takes the corner. I believe Roger Martinez heads the ball and it looks like it comes off Apuma's hand. And then obviously, you know, at that, that point, that was the last play of the game. Referee blows a whistle. I think even Henry Martin goes and tells him like, hey, there was a handball, like check with VAR. And he said like, no, like that was it. That was the end. Um I've seen a lot of videos being posted on Twitter, and I think someone got maybe the closest to best angle we were going to get without a TV production. So in this video, you see Roger goes up for the header, heads it, does look like he heads the ball, and the the ball does touch the arm of the Pumas player. It's a little wishy-washy, but Roger Martinez, before he goes and heads up, is actually using the Pumas player as a boost. So technically, that's a foul. So either way, it wouldn't have counted, which I was fine with. I, I, I didn't think we deserved the victory, although I wanted it. I didn't think we deserved it. I think we were just too lazy in this game. And that's my number one kind of like, like the, 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 the one thing I'm trying to be mad about here in this game is the fact that we were lazy, you know, got yeah. complacent and we didn't really shift it into third, fourth gear. Now, now how, do you, how do you think the game would have gone if Pumas was more offensive? You think America ends up playing better, or you think it's just like... yeah, yeah, because you have more space, and and yeah. space equals opportunity, especially for the likes of Cabecita Rodriguez, who loves open space, and even Diego Valdez. I think when you give him a couple of yards to run into, he's capable of doing stuff, and we've seen it this whole season. So I think in in games like this, it frustrates me that we go so much to the left when you just mentioned that play to the right, play to Sendejas. He, if you see him, he's great at turning with the ball. In, in sharp corners and, and, and making defenders kind of second guess where he's going to go. You know, whether he's going to cut it inside, where he's going to go on his right foot. Like, he's very good in those kind of tight spaces, just the way I think Brian Rodriguez is great in those tight spaces as well. So I just think that one player offers you a better, you know, definition in, in, or better goal scoring opportunity in Senecas rather than in Brian Rodriguez. But it was just one of these games where it's frustrating because you know that this team can play better. They didn't play better, and we ended up getting a point. That's why I said it was two points lost rather than one point gained in this one. And, Winning would have um, secured us in second, right? Would have secured second spot. Would have secured automatic, uh, you know, qualification into the Liga. Uh, and now I think that I know it's not nothing secured. I think, yeah, no, we, we're, 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 Chivas is tied with yeah. the but we have way yeah. more goals than that. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens, right? We'll talk Juarez later on in the week, but for me, that's kind of what I saw, and um, yeah, it was frustrating. Let's, um, let's talk quickly here about Henry Martin's goal and the celebration. I know that's been talked about a lot on Twitter, and your, your picture, your profile picture of today's uh, podcast kind of dictates it. Um, did you have a feeling he was going to do it? I, I had a feeling yeah. that... When he did that, I have a feeling that Henry Martin just goes on Twitter and he does what people <laughs> tell him to do. <laughs> I didn't catch it at first until I went on, on Twitter 
and I was like, oh, like he he's, he celebrated just like that, and then they yeah. showed it on TV, and I, I like, I, I I love it, bro. Personally, like you obviously feel like you're a kid again watching those celebrations, right? Uh, I don't even know how old I was, but I do remember this game exactly, the the Herman Bian one. So, and then I remember the Reina one for me. And then obviously I remember the Oribe one. For me, it's just perfect, bro. Making fun of Pumas. Like, uh, I told you, uh, you kind of just remind me of the question I asked you last time we recorded about the, uh, how do you feel about academy players uh, publicly saying, or past academy players publicly saying that they would never play for Pumas, but they play for Chivas, right? And I know a lot of people are kind of confused about that question, right? But for me, I know uh, Henry Martin is an academy player, but he's Mexican. And it makes me wonder, like, did he talk to some of these academy players to say, like, yo, like, this is who we hate the most. Like, this is our rivalry. To to to, uh, to add to that, do you, did you see also that we beat them 3-2 with the last minute from, yeah, from, uh, from Roman Martinez? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was an interesting day overall with this America Pumas, especially in the, you know, Subainted level, um, but you know what? I think I think America. I think America. I think Henry has become a hundred percent an Americanista at this point. Like oh, okay. you can't tell me that he's not right. The fact that he feels for the colors, and not only that, but he he goes out of his way to do these celebrations, right? Because he knows in the back of his head that this is also bringing him closer to the fans, right? It's helping yeah. him boost kind of that sense of like, oh, okay, like the fans adore me, the fans love me. Let me give back to them in, in, in these type of, you know, scenarios. And I know for a fact that I, I, someone had to show him or he had to go on Twitter or like AJ said, Henry definitely has a burner on Twitter. Like he had to go and see America, America Twitter say, you know what, Henry, you have to go and celebrate like this. Because it was all over Twitter in the build up to this game. It was like, oh, Henry should celebrate like this. Henry should celebrate like this. And then when he actually when he does it, I, you, you're right. Like it, it brings a smile to your face, that joy that like. Um. Oh, I, I, you feel like you're watching that game again, like. With, yep, and exactly. the funny thing is that game that like Herman Villa does that. That game actually ends in a one-one draw as well. Yep, I remember that they had the lead too in first. No, mm-hmm. they had the lead yeah. as well, and then Herman Villa scores that great goal. Does a celebration. America ends the game one-one. Yeah, I remember that. It was an uh outside the box too, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah, correct. I correct. That. I remember that game. It was one of those bright and early days because they played in Seoul that day. And you know those games yeah. are always, you know, hella early. <laughs> early in the morning, getting with your, your menudo ready. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was great to see Henry celebrate the way that he did. And, um, I mean, that's kind of the only Do you still want to have that conversation? Before. Since I brought it up, the academy players saying that they didn't ever play for Pumas, but they played for Chivas type thing. That's an know, interesting one. That should have been before uh, the game yeah, happened. Well, I mean, but, we, I, but I want to know your insight or opinion on that. I think that's an interesting one because I I see why it's a it's it's a hated rivalry within the academy because so close to um so close to each other, right? Same kind of noisy neighbors, but also I think there's this kind of um. F- uh, cockiness maybe from the Pumas Academy that oh like I'm also not only am I playing for a professional team but I'm also going to this prestige university right so in school? a sense I thought they, they stopped all that yeah no I I mean I don't know if they did but I, I'm telling you like where it's coming from in a sense you know 
like there's kind of this sense like they think that they're better than us because they have those kind of ties with the university yeah. and america just being kind of like oh you know just there I, I i can see why there's that kind of sense that heated rivalry and then you know it's instilled in such a young age um but I mean, I can't talk for the academy players because I'm not one of them. But I mean, for me, I would say that my most hated well, rival what's is your, what's, what's your feeling on that though? Like, if if you hear, let's say Ochoa, which I know Ochoa doesn't say, I don't even think he he has publicly said he, he'll never play for Chivas. He, he, he said that, right? Yeah. Maybe for correct. him, it's not exactly like he doesn't fit. But being an academy player, how would you feel if if Ochoa came out and said, "Look, like in being in the academy, like they taught me to hate Pumas more than Chivas. Chivas might be the people." people's rivalry but for me they're just another team the one that i hate can't stand is pumas how would you feel about that maybe a little bit indifferent because i don't see it that way because for me it's like i said growing up my whole life it's you hate chivas right and you hate pumas too and cruz azul it's just that annoying little you so know what, I about cruz azul though. <laughs> yeah that, that, that there's no such thing as and a being that. Said it too. yeah yeah which goes back to the combo we had with which is week, funny enough late, about but, all that. Yeah, yeah. It's a week late, but we started it. Hey, we started that comp happening on the timeline. <laughs> yeah. And you know what AJ's saying right here? You know, his dad grew up in Mexico City, and he would always tell him that Americanistas in Mexico City hated Pumas more than Chivas. So, I mean, there is history there, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to argue in that sense. But... It's the same I thing think... from Chivas and Atlas. You, you see mm-hmm. their hatred, right? They hate each other to a very ugly standpoint. And... I think it's probably the similar, but for me, from my understanding, that's the academy rivalry. Like that's who they take the most. Like they yeah. can't stand. It. I mean, Borja, right? Did you hear his story on how he ended up going to America? That they, they pretty much disrespected him and said, "Oh, I'm gonna go to America." Then. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, because they had already sold him. They, they they didn't even take him into consideration. They're, uh, you know, you know, Big Papa Escarga came and said, "I want him." Here's the money. Pumas was like, cool. Loses. And he wanted to stay. And he wanted to stay. And then Pumas was like, well, my bad, bro. Like, we, we, like, we are, like, the check already hit. Like, the check already cleared. Like, you got to go. Yeah. And then disrespected him in front of him. The, the, the president saying, like, oh, you're not worth more money and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So, and I mean, a couple seasons later, he becomes a legend in America. So, yep. goes to show. But I mean, I don't know. But you know what? Maybe I think Carlos put something really impressive here. He says too many Chivas fans in LA grows the rivalry here too, way more than Pumas, in my opinion. Maybe oh, I think yeah. it's because of that geographical situation yeah, that yeah. we're based out here more in in you know in Southern California or here in the states at least where the two biggest names are pinned against each other, right? Maybe that's why we have kind of the more of that hatred towards Chivas than maybe people back in Mexico City it, it's do. A, the... It's a fan-based rivalry. Yeah. You know, it, it's, we can't stand them. Like, think about it. Chivas could go 100 years without winning a, a title, and we still hate them the most, and they'll hate us the most. Like, no mm-hmm. one's ever going to surpass that, because as much as people want to say it is, be honest with yourself. Like, maybe outside of Texas, you don't find any... Tigres fan or Monterrey fan, right? Have you met a Tigres fan or a bunch of Tigres fans? No, it's probably one in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, I'm sure. You know <laughs> exactly. Like for me, it's it's always going to be Chivas, right? 
but yeah. But Pumas is mean, that one that you just the the academy players, right? That they, yeah. No, no, I, I I agree. I and that's an interesting one that you bring up, and uh, it, it'd be great to have one of the academy players come on and talk to us a little bit more about that. I, uh, I want to get a more sense and understanding of it because. Yeah. It's interesting. That's what exactly grows out of that hatred, right? Or what do they tell them? It is an interesting thing, you know? No, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, but yeah, I mean, that pretty much does it. America draws against Pumas, and with a better taste, we climb up again in the second spot. We have to... Don't forget the Henry Martin stat. Oh, that's right. Henry Martin becoming the all-time leading goal scorer right now at uh, 14 goals, correct? Yeah, fourteen goals. And, fourteen uh, goals, and and that means that he is now joint with um, who's the last player to do that? Was it Ibanya? N- well, Nico Mendes ended up. No, no, no. For America, for no, that's no for the league because they were saying the league had posted a, a a tweet saying that. I would assume it's Cardoso, <laughs> right? Hold on, but it's short season. False information. Well, I, I didn't. I used, I just seen the post, but. I, I don't. I don't. Even, they don't think they named who he tied. It's just that one more, and he'd have the most goals in in a short seasons, right? Yeah, he he would surpass that because I think right now it's fourteen is kind of the magic number, and I'm pulling up that to you right now as we speak. Why, why didn't they put the name of the guy? I'm telling you, it's Chris Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, you know, oh, Borghetti. Okay, yeah, it's primer mexicano en anotar 14 desde Javier Borghetti. Okay. Yeah. I was like, why didn't you put it in the original? I don't know. But that means that, you know, he scores another goal. It's only Mexicans. So, okay, so now I understand. Yeah. It's only Mexicans. Yeah, because Mexican Cardoso had like twenty one and one. Like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. He had like yeah. like forty in one season. Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and all against <laughs> us too. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But it, 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 I'm happy for Henry. You know, he's doing great things. He's doing good stuff, and and I'm happy that Henry's finally blossomed into the. The striker everyone hoped he'd be when he was younger at Tijuana, you know? Yeah. It took him a while. And it wasn't easy because at America, you know, you need to have the best striker possible. And sometimes that isn't a Mexican striker. And it was always hard to to kind of overshadow, overcome the shadow of Raul Jimenez, who's the last Mexican striker there. Uh, so, Peralta. Oh, and Peralta too. Excuse me. Sorry. Peralta. Late so it, it wasn't Peralta. easy. You know, late bloomer, just like Peralta. yeah, just like Peralta. Mexican strikers have a tendency of being late late bloomers. Yeah, and that's why you need to have patience with Mexican talent because just because they're not guaranteed young, they end up being good very when they're older. That's why uh, Mosu is gonna be the best striker ever when he's thirty two. <laughs> uh, that's why I still believe in Paletesqueda. <laughs> <laughs> he tore it up in uh, where did he go? India. He was like Australia uh, too, no? In Australia too, he was like you know he was he was like the slatan of that area, is scoring goals for fun. Man, he was always he was always weird. Like he was very he talented. Was, He's always injured. Yeah, though. always always injured. But he was very talented. For him. But shout out to Paletta together. I know he's not listening to this, but you know, I know he has his own podcast. 
I think. He does? I think videos oh. on TikTok. I don't know. We, we gotta that. we gotta get him on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. But to, to ask him about the 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 rivalry with Pumas. Yeah, no, that that that'd be the perfect. Like, you hate you them, know? like yeah. He's like, nah, bro, for me, it's Cruz Azul. <laughs> 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 just completely goes. Yeah, oh, completely shit. like left turn. That would be yeah, that'd be something. AJ saying Henry made me eat my words. I was a hater to be honest. Um, where's Christian? Dylan saying where's Christian? Christian's still stuck on the uh, on the on the bridge in New York. So. If anyone's from New York and knows the traffic on the bridge, then you guys know exactly why. Uh, Christian's been there since like four hours ago. Apparently, he still hasn't been able to move. So, shout out to Christian. Hopefully, he's doing all right. Um, well, that pretty much wraps up the game right there, right? We have Juarez, and we'll preview that game coming up later on this week. A, a lot to play for, but uh, America can't really be complacent. But Dan Ortiz tries to pamper it up a little bit after his press conference, saying that he was happy with the way that the team functioned and that. At the end of the day, showcase that we were the better team rather than Pumas. I kind of agree with what he was saying, but you have to kind of showcase it out on the pitch too. You just can't be like, oh, you know, because of circumstances, we didn't win. It's it was in your own hands. So, you know, that's kind of that. Um but yeah, we'll see what happens with America. We'll we'll hopefully see a better side um against Juarez. And it needs to be. But uh We'll get you guys caught up with that one uh, on Thursday, seeing as how that game is on Friday. I'm all right, Chris. A um, couple minutes here left before we wrap up things. Still plenty to talk about in regards to the world of America. Um, I know we have uh, the Papu Gomez. Maybe sh- should we start yep. there? Yeah, we should. So, obviously, a lot of rumors. Tebasteca actually broke this, and when I sent it to you, you were like, this is smoke because there's no way Tebasteca is tweeting. Yeah. And we're breaking news about you know their rival, their rival, their biggest hatred, hated club. If you go on their page, it's just a bunch of like reposting everything too. So it's just yeah. I was like, that's fake. I, I'm not gonna believe Tebe Azteca. Like okay, and then Cesar Luis Merlo, right, with the best reporter for South America, like out of nowhere, saying that we're we're interested. We, we like, I think he said we held talks, right? Yeah, but that nothing is uh, nothing is concrete. Papu Gomez, what is he, 34? 35. 35. World Cup winner playing uh, right now Sevilla. in Sevilla. Just simple, yes or no? Do you take him, yes or no? Talent-wise, yes. Age-wise, no. I this think feels he, very Jeremy Menace. Jeremy Menace. It, like, if you look at the age, right, and the, how long he's going to be with us, He's either going to be Jeremy Menes or he's going to be Baman Zamorano. There's you know, no in-between. Yeah. He's going yeah. to be either or. And if you ask me from a talent perspective, I think he could tear up the league because he's not a bad player. From an age perspective, I got bothered at the fact that they said, oh, Mateos Uribe and America Health Talks, they're not interested because of contract and because of age. Papu Gomez is probably going to win more and he's way older <laughs> than him. So... Yeah, that's where I got bothered. But if you're asking me from a talent, I think if Valdez does leave to Europe, which there's have been little hints that he might, right? I think he, I wouldn't be that mad. Now, this isn't a, a rumor, or it is kind of a rumor, but not an official one. But how do you, what do you work? All right, let me, let me ask you this, and I want people also to give me their opinion. If you have 
three attacking midfielders, right, that are, are going to be available. Papu, Gomez, James Rodriguez, Isco, how do you rank them? Mm, I, I think the way you put it, well, maybe you put Papu Gomez, Isco, and then James. So you still prefer Papu Gomez over both of them? Out of all of them, yes. Okay. Because one of them is a World Cup winner. And look at, uh, I respect that. I respect it, and, and also ones in the team, right? The other ones yeah. don't have a team. No, oh, yeah, of course. Carlos Diaz saying, uh, "Papu's more solid than Jeremy." No, uh, no drug problems for Papu at all. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> yeah, we don't know that. At all. We don't but, know and, that. And, and, and Carlos uh, agrees with me. Papu, Isco, and James. Enough said. And uh, look who just made it out of traffic here. From New York City himself. Let's welcome to the podcast okay, none other perfect. than Christian Rosendo. Christian, how are you, my friend? What's up? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're yeah. good. Perfect. What's up? Damn, 48 minutes. I'm only 48 minutes late. Not too bad. Not too bad. Well, you've always wanted to be fashionably late. I think you can That's definitely true. say you were today. That's definitely true. So, uh, what's the? Did, did what, you hear me? What what I said right now, or you didn't get to hear what I said? No, I just heard something about. So we're Papu talking Gomez about the Papu Gomez. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Damn, who the hell wants Papu Gomez? Okay, but I asked uh, Ivan, well, how do you rank? And I, I kind of feel like I know where you, how you're going to rank this, but how do you rank three options in free agency, right? Papu Gomez, James Rodriguez, Isco. How do you rank them? Mm, I'd probably go James, Isco, Papu. Oh, so... I think that's Thomas, the opposite. Wow, the think, complete opposite. <laughs> Just flip it around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't we don't need Papu Gomez. I mean, we we have we have a sound striker that I think is is, is good for us. Um, so that's why I put him last. Wait, you guys put Papu as first? I haven't said yeah, anything. I put Papu as first. He, he did. Yeah, no, I don't know. And then um, so uh, someone in the comments did the same lineup. Midwest and Cholo said, as long as he doesn't cause the worst in Mexico, he's okay. <laughs> now, we've had some bad foreigners recently. We have. And look, but where I'm going with this is I wouldn't want any of them, to be honest. Because yeah, me why are we, we going to waste all that money on, on that contract for someone that's only going to be here for a short-term period? For example, like a one-year, two-year type of deal. Right. It's like a whole Giovanni Los Santos situation again. It's a whole Jeremy Menace situation. It's nothing that's going to bring and worse, a benefit. Because they, or they, worse. They're, they're taking up a spot. Exactly. Like You, you think would, all of them are like huge divas too? No. Or no, you think I, like, I, don't think I, I so. see James as a diva. That's the reason why I would put Isco over him. And I probably have James last, honestly. Like I probably have Isco first. And I'd have Papu second. And I'd have James third. But are we basing this off like our actual needs just, or just personal well, preferences? Well, right just, now he's just saying personal preference yeah, because yeah, obviously just, we have Diego Valdez. Yeah, we have Diego Valdez. So I don't know. You know, not, you, you know, you know who isn't a bad foreigner? Alvaro Fidalgo. That's not a bad there foreigner. Okay, so he's here for this. Conversation. That's not a bad foreigner. All, all right. right so, so I heard, okay. I heard over the weekend people were were scrutinizing my boy, so I had to come on and yeah, defend yeah, yeah. his honor. Because yeah, yeah. this is getting out of control now. Yeah, yeah. So I don't disagree with what your stance is, but I want to know what's unfair criticism that you see oh, that you're okay. seeing, or or because I I agree with what you tweeted out. I wish we could like put the tweet out so people could like 
Yeah, for real. See, right? But I do see what you see, but I want to see what else you see to the point that you think it's like unfair. Because for me, I have criticism, but you're right. If you take them out, it's not the same midfield. You so, take out Richard, though, but it's not the same midfield either. You know, that's why right. for me, those, those. So I'll start with this. Um, has Fidalgo been, quote unquote, worse than last season? I think that's fair to say. I think you do notice a drop in his game just a little bit. Um, but I think there's different factors to that. I think one of the main factors is that Diego Valdez this season isn't actually playing as bad, so we don't need him to do that extra mile. Now, that being said, though, that doesn't give him an excuse to start misplacing passes or not looking for the right person because that's had happened, and I do have been noticing that over the guys, maybe the last five games that maybe the passing really hasn't been there and it's not as crucial as crucial i guess or as important as as maybe in previous seasons now the thing i'm going to say next is that if like chris like you alluded to if you take fidalgo out of that trio midfield this america is not the same and i don't care what anyone says you can't put pedro aquino in there you can't put jonathan dos santos in there you can't put anyone else that we have on this currently team this team is not the same now, and I'm pretty sure if I check the stats over the last five games, Fidalgo is still ranking, like, top five, like, performances of the team. Like, I, I don't understand why people are saying that it's time to bench him and give someone else a chance because that, 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 that's not going to work for us. People like, are saying our, that? Our midfield works because we have such a good trio that understand each other, that works well with each other. And honestly, I think he is the best out of the three. Well, I don't know about that. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't I, I, I agree. I think Valdez I is better this season. Who? Diego Valdez. I don't know, man. I, I still see Diego Valdez missing key passes in the final third, not shooting, disappearing for moments in the game that we, he needed to show <laughs> Wait, up. Hold on. Like hold on. everything you're just game. saying right now. Everything that you're saying right now is literally what they're saying about Fidalgo. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, but saying. that's why Valdez I, I has been doing it more though. Has Valdez not, not disappeared last game? Yeah, but you said it. Like, it's been five games for Fidalgo. Like, five games. It's been a minute that Fidalgo has given the Cruz Azul game. He gives up an ugly goal, right? Okay, yeah. So, but that is obviously 100% his fault. And he he needs to learn how to give self-criticism. Because I don't think I heard him say that no, it was he, his fault. He, no, he owned up to it. Oh, he did? Yeah, okay, he, I, he I didn't see that part, actually. Yeah. So, okay, so... That's actually pretty good because I see other players not do that whenever they mess up. So, you know, at least he's he's understanding that he maybe he isn't playing to the level, but I I, I don't think he's the worst out of the three though. I, I think, think it's Richard's closer. the best out of all of them right now. I mean, not talent wise, but I'm saying season wise, I think right now Richard is the most solid midfielder we have. And now it's a battle between Valdez and Alvaro, and which one's gonna disappear less on you. I am on your corner, Christian, though. I do think that Fidalgo, without Fidalgo, you don't have anyone to orchestrate the midfield the way that he does. I get it. Sometimes his play isn't so beautiful because he has a tendency to give that ball back, but it's kind of his Spanish way of resetting the play. Um, it's just kind of not his fault that we don't have the channels open or that players aren't really doing what they need to do in that situation, right? Looking at Diego Valdez, because I think that link between Fidalgo and Valdez needs to be solid green, you know? Look what Carlos and, said. <laughs> and, oh, hold on. What did Carlos say? 
Christian starts getting in the way here. Definitely not. At least I'm not I'm not some people who are saying that Filago's having a perfect because he's he isn't. And I am the first one to admit that he has a drop in level, which it's clear as day. Um, it's just that I don't understand why people are saying that it's time to bench him. That that's the thing I don't understand. But it, the thing is, you bench him, but who comes in? Is that's my question. what I'm like, saying. I mean, like, Dylan who, just said it. <laughs> Jonathan, no, Jonathan. But that's so, the thing. okay. So Jonathan, didn't that see him in the Leon game? Yeah, yeah. No, that's I. I had to make that argument earlier yeah. too. Yeah. I was just like, there's no one really on on that bench that can come in and put in a shift, and there's really no young talent that's coming up and saying, okay, give him that shot and opportunity. And I wish your biggest counterpart was here so we can ask him that question. You know, Brian, I'm look. I'm, I know you're gonna be listening to this, Brian. All right, I want answers. Um, this is an off season debate. I don't, I don't we're gonna that. have on here. No, of we're course, gonna, but we gotta set I, those I, things up. But we're gonna have a debate, and we're gonna have Dylan like heat up everyone to the point everyone's just cussing at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that happening. I think, I, I think Alvaro Fidalgo is fine. I'm not. I, I agree with you, Christian. He hasn't had the best of season, but mm-hmm. because we haven't had him need to be that player to kind of pick up the slack. Like I even mentioned, like he didn't even have to play that center defensive mid role against Pumas in this game. It was given to Richard. Like he's gotten a little bit more freedom in that sense. He just needs to adapt a little bit more better in that role. Remember, he came into this team as a center attacking mid. All right. He then shifted his way into that number eight role and he's starting to look better and better and better. Yes, he's had a little bit of a dip, but I think that's kind of normal. I mean, if you want to put and it's not comparing apples to apples here, but you know, you ever gonna tell me that Tony Cruz didn't have himself a, a dip in, in form when he was in Real Madrid? So you're gonna get a lot of that people yeah. didn't hate Guido Rodriguez as soon as he came into America, getting all those yeah. red cards in the first season. Yeah, but I'm, that's two different roles though. One's a center defense. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, and just and being up, just a, just a being as a player, just as a player coming yeah. into the team, there's been way worse starts. And how? What season is this? Like? This is his fourth season. Yeah, and we're Second just year. now starting to criticize him. No, yeah, I mean, exactly. I don't know, bro. The, during his Solari season, he did have a lot of criticism, which to me, yeah, the way but, he's playing, but that was is unfair very because he was because he was know, having man. to be played on the wing, and he's not a winger. Well, it was it was attacking mid. If I remember Cordova, they put him to the wing, and they put Hidalgo there, and he was just a bunch of pass backs. That's a lot of the things we argue with from or criticize him for, right? Pass back. To me, it's a but, very similar thing right now. It's it's just you see a cons- conservative side. I don't. So for me, it's just when he tries to force passes forward. For me, it's just like that's not you. You're, maybe you. I think he could be creative, but sometimes he t- like he tries to force it into tight windows. And for me, it's just like okay, bro, that's where I'm gonna criticize you. I agree. You take him out of this field, and you're not having any creativity. You're not even having passes forward from. Aquino or Jonathan Dos Santos. So I agree completely. For me, it's just like I want to see your perspective. Like, well, like you said that they're saying bench him. Okay, I'm not going that far, but I do think it's like he needs to work on things. So when it's game day, like he's more polished in that area. I will you know? say this though, and this is not me. This is this is stats because I, I I have stats here. So Fidalgo in the opposing half has close to a ninety percent accuracy in passing. While Diego Valdez has only a seventy-two percent. Damn, one's gonna and that's e- and that's even with Chris's forced passes. Yeah, 
But I, I do mean, agree with Carlos just now that he does need to shoot more because there are times where he is so wide open and he is not shooting, and that pisses me the fuck off. What was the last game or two uh, Cruz Azul game? I right? think it or, was in the Cruz Azul game. He had a couple. He passed a, he had a yeah, in the Monterrey two, game. The Monterrey game, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that like like you said, Chris. There are things he needs to work on. Yeah. But I mean, to say that he's having like uh, just an awful no, season, no, I think no. I think it's a stretch. I th- I think so where where do you rank him? Full season, of best players. You have him at second. Third, no, I have him probably as. Probably I think fourth, maybe fourth fifth, or fifth. Fifth was who, good. Who do you have ahead of him? Henry. Um, I wish <laughs> Henry Sendejas. Uh, um, I think Israel Reyes has, has picked it up tremendously from the start to now, and then I would put be richer than Fidalgo. Okay. Mm-hmm. I respect. It was. I respect it too, and now I just want to hear the rebuttal from the other side, which is going to be yeah. interesting. I know we'll, that we'll, we'll have that conversation. We'll have that conversation. Yeah. I know Brian's going to ask. And maybe they'll hopefully they don't argue in the comment and they hopefully they argue on here. But yeah, that was gonna be interesting. I, I, I like it. I mean, we'll see. But I, I think you bring up some very good points here, Christian. And it's it's important to kind of open up our eyes a little bit, you know. Fidalgo may not be the best player right now, but he is still vital, crucial because this midfield doesn't doesn't play the same without that that triangle, mm-hmm. right? And I think so. that's the point I'm just trying to get across. That I don't think that we're the same team without him this season. Mm-hmm. No, of course. I the offense agree. doesn't have a season like this if we're not winning the battles in the midfield. And a lot of the right. times, those dribbles that Fidalgo has are the ones. Because, yeah, he's a great dribbler. I don't know if he gets credit for that. But he dribbles down the middle, like, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts off, right? That's where a lot of these uh, plays end up happening. So I, I agree with you. You know, and like I said, uh, also, I think I think other players. Are, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think just uh, other players around the team are just having a better season overall. Valdez, Cabecita, to an extent, Zendejas is stealing the show. Henry being top goal scorer, right? So the reflectors aren't all on him, and I think that that's a, that's a healthy balance that he doesn't need to have the spotlight on him every single game in and game out. You know, there's 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 plenty of room for everyone to shine, and I think that's the beauty of this team currently, except for last game. The last game would look like shit. But, I mean, you know, this is a good team, a good balance that we have going into Ligia. So, as long as the top three can, the, I mean, the front three, I'm sorry, the front three can work it out and really gel, 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 I think that we can make a good run at the 14. Agreed. A hundred percent. I have us going to the final. I, I don't know if we're... I do, too. It's just that I think that we need to get over... I don't know, like this, this, this hump that we see team just can't. We always like, even though we didn't struggle mistake. against Puebla, but like, we didn't, we didn't start that good up until the goal. I mean, obviously after the goal, then we just took off, right? But it's just like we need to just hit the ground running. Like, like don't, don't show any signs of weaknesses in the first round, and then go from there. Only interesting. I mean, that's why it's important to close off the season against Juarez very well, right? But yeah. It's always that game's always gonna be a tricky one, and we'll we'll get to it on on Thursday. But you know, you're right. I I, I think this could be America season, but a lot depends on that trio up top and the trio in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, our defense is what's dragging us down. So they're gonna have to put in a lot of you know a lot of work, an extra shift to kind of 
get us through that hump that you mentioned, Christian. So, so I know you guys probably talked over Pumas, but I don't know if anyone mentioned how this game we noticed that we need Israel Reyes in this back line. That's how we started it off. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Did this game, we really noticed it. Like, he is an important piece of this team. No, yeah, 100%. Oh, you also said that Nestor should probably not field again. Yeah, yeah no, definitely not. And it's crazy because I was one of the persons who didn't really like Israel at first. I think that, you know, he needed time to, to gel. I think I've, I've said that a lot in the chat. Um, and what do you know? You know, he, he's gotten the time. He, he's been given the time to really gel into this team, into this back line. And he's become an important part, just like that's it is. And not just I that, but agree, that partnership, that center back that, partnership. Right. It's, just, it, it, it's gelling now and it's what's working for us. So if you're gonna take any positive away from the back line, it's I think it would be it would be that that center back partnership along with Malagon's um, goalkeeping who was I think he did a pretty good job against Pumas. No, oh, yeah, exceptional. I think there was there was one shot that he completely dived like crazy. I think he didn't have to do all of that, but you, you just kind of feel like he was in his moment. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like it. Keeper. <laughs> that's all Mexican keepers instead of just going for a solid or a normal yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man well we, we, we've extended it long enough is there uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up here I'm excited to watch the gear man I think we should bring up the movie the, the Vix movie did you know more about oh, it oh yeah, yeah, yeah the Vix movie that's, that's an interesting one so uh, America I guess has gotten themselves a movie, quote unquote. This is, you know, I, I want to do a little bit more research. I want to know when they filmed all of this, because um, I know it wasn't during the season where the jersey appears. I think I think they just kind of gave the old jerseys to the to the production crew. It was like, here, you guys can use this, because they. I don't think they filmed in this Azteca either. And if they did, it was probably for a short period. But it's called um, Quiero Tu Vida, right? It's about this, uh, you know, ex professional soccer player that, you know, unfortunately due to an injury, right? La rodilla is always his knee. Um kind of, you know, gets gets taken out of the game permanently and then goes on and lives his life and always has that kind of regret of like what could have been. And so I don't know how this the the trailer doesn't really kind of explain it, but one magical night he wakes up in you know in an alternate universe as himself living the life that he always dreamt about. Right. He's like this big soccer player. Like he's he like he is the Cuauhtémoc Blanco of that era for some reason. And like he's like the idol, like, you know. And then um, so he just goes about living his life, playing for America, scoring goals. Basically, it, it was it's a fusion of like I wouldn't be surprised if it's a fusion of Henry Martin mixed with a little bit of Diego Valdez's hair. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of an idol, I would imagine, like a Cuauhtémoc in a sense. And he looks so, like a pro club created player. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, hundred percent inspiration. I right just looked at it. He has a. He just looks like a pro club, like those like trolley players that you play on pro clubs with the long hair and stuff. Yeah, and and so then you know he then he then later finds out that he wants to be also he wants the best of both worlds, live that life and live live his old life together. Um, so it's kind of like a rom com in a sense. Um, it looks interesting. I'm 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 excited to see it. It comes out May third. So if you guys haven't mm-hmm. done so already, put it down on your calendar. Uh, available on VIX. So if you guys have that, go ahead. If you guys don't, um, hit up Chris. I'm pretty sure he has an illegal streaming service. Allegedly, that he can, allegedly, he allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Yo, Chris, they're selling you out here, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, no, it, it looks interesting. Uh, produced by Salma Hayek. So interesting to see what kind of vision she has. And if she's secretly an America fan, could that be could that be the case? Maybe. Maybe. Could be. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that movie comes out and, and maybe a little Easter eggs here and there. I know they were they were filming in uh, Coapa because you can mm-hmm. obviously see right there the training ground and everything. So um, you, you have a feeling that there's going to be America players in this movie somehow, some I way. I hope. Like, who is the real? Yeah, who's the one player you want? I mean, it would be Jorgen Dam. Ev- yeah, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, I think the most epic kind of Easter egg or, or cameo you could ever get is like if you have like a Guatemoc Blanco in this movie, mm-hmm. right? Maybe that's the reason he's been there a lot. Oh, Maybe. yeah, could be. yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. but Cabañas, yeah. too, right? Cabañas, Cabañas. Too. he's yeah. like, you know, don't fly too close to the sun, my friend. <laughs> But yeah, that's gonna be the the movie on Vix, and we'll see about that. But uh, wait, what? When does it come out? Do we know? May third. May third. Cool, cool, cool. May third. So in about a week and something. Wait. So this this uh this Friday is our last game of the season. Correct. Then you have uh then we have Repechaje Wednesday Thursday, or that's next weekend. No, no next weekend. And then playoff the year starts that following Wednesday Thursday. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. A lot. Let's hope. Lot Let, let's hope we're not playing in that one next week. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Let's hope not, because our players need that breath of fresh air, that rest, yeah, yeah, yeah. catch that second win. Mm-hmm. Um. But all right, we've we've kept you guys here long enough. All right. Um. We'll let you guys go with that. Um. We'll probably talk more stuff about America and the transfer rumor cycle. I know we didn't really get to finish up the Papu Gomez debate, but um. There's also talk about Julian Quinones. Um. I'll tell you guys why I don't think he's worth it. And then we'll, Ooh. yeah, exactly. Wait, to me or to him? No, to you. Me? You, you don't need him, okay? That's all I'm going to say for now. But all I'll right, give man. you guys more of my, my train of thought on Thursday. Oh, here um, we go. <laughs> we also didn't but, talk about the, the Raul Jimenez. Yeah, the Raul Jimenez and how maybe that looks a lot more less likely than yeah. we originally intended it to be. But, again, we'll see. Um, but, all right, gentlemen, anything else before we wrap it up here? I'm good. Sorry for the lateness, guys. I, uh, just work, work, work gets in the way sometimes. Uh, but I'm always happy to jump on, you know, for a couple minutes and chat, chat with you guys for sure. Hundred percent. Came in hot too, bro. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. Fidalgo. Like, who's gonna <laughs> swing at me, bro? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh hell yeah, he's hyped. So am I. <laughs> oh man. All righty then. Well, you guys, thank you so much, Christian. I know you made it out. So thank you so much. I know it was a, a bit of a mission crossing that bridge with all that traffic. And then uh, Chris, as always, thank you so much for coming out and uh, bearing with this uh, Southern California sun that we have going on right now. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. It's getting there. It's getting there. But all right. With that said, all you guys have a wonderful time. Take care. And as always, uh, we'll see you guys very soon. As always, Arriba en America. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. 
and subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen. 